News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And if we sound different this week, it's because we are recording from separate rooms for the first time ever um, because I got COVID. No! <laughs> no! No! It's fine. I, I got it like a week ago and I am like pretty much fully recovered at this point, but uh, obviously I didn't want to get Alex sick, so... <laughs> I am yes. at my house and she is at hers and we're going to figure out we how to make this work. We are quarantining and yeah. This should work out fine. It just might sound a little different than normal, but It yeah. might yeah, it might it might sound a little different. Um also I'm using a different mic and also my voice sounds like I've been coughing my head off, so anyway. You honestly don't sound like I can't tell. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I just feel like I I just feel like my voice is gravelly. Anyway, mm. um my first story is space news. This is from Newsweek. NASA's James Webb tracker shows you where the telescope is right now. Oh. It's a website that they have that, like, show. It's got, like, a little timeline, like, line thing that shows you, like, distance and amount of time, like, and how fast the telescope is currently traveling it's really cool that um, is cool like can you see yeah. like where the earth is and like where i mean it's like it's a it's pictures it's not like a like an actual like feed or anything but it is like it yeah it shows you relative to the earth where it is and also like what huh. stage of deployment it's at it's really cool that's cool um so the and we're <laughs> If you haven't picked up on this, we're going to be talking about the James Webb Telescope a lot. Probably <laughs> it's going to be like yeah. it's our it's our new opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so the James Webb Space Telescope has now covered sixty five percent of its journey through space uh, before it arrives at its desired orbit around the sun, and you can track its progress using an online NASA tool. Uh, the website of NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center hosts the Where Is Webb data page. Uh, which is like the most like early internet way of describing a website. Yeah. <laughs> the data page, the data um, page. <laughs> which displays a host <laughs> of information <laughs> about the telescope's whereabouts and condition. Um, for example, as of 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, the groundbreaking new telescope was flying through space at 0.3 miles per second, uh, which is about 1,000 miles per hour. Um, and has about 300,000 miles to go. Um, wow. So at that time, it was 590,000 miles away from our planet, which is around two and a half times farther away from us than the moon is. So it is, it's gotten quite far. And remember, this thing just launched on Christmas. So yeah. it really hasn't been that long. Well, I remember you saying they like had a perfect launch or something. Yeah, so it's like, they did. And it seems like that's <laughs> that's continuing into the into the sky, <laughs> into the abyss, into, um, yeah, into the dark abyss. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm so excited um, to see photos from this thing. Oh my gosh. Me too. Uh, it says that the tracker will continue to display uh, the telescope's progress through space until it re reaches its destination, uh, which we talked about is known as L2, which is a point in space which allows the telescope to stay in one place relative to Earth as it moves around the sun. So it's orbiting the sun, but like relative to Earth is staying in the same place, um, which is what I just said. Uh, once it gets there, 
Uh, once it gets there, it will obviously no longer track the telescope's distance, but it will continue to track other data about it. Um, it will then undergo months of testing and calibrations ahead of its first operations and images. So again, theoretically, we should have stuff by the end of this year, um, if all goes according to plan. Um, and so far, all is going according to plan. I don't know if you've been following this at all, but... Um, I they, haven't been looking myself. Yeah, the, the website also shows like the different deployment steps that it has to go through. Um, just today, it successfully deployed its secondary mirror, which like reflects light into the primary one, which hasn't been deployed yet. Um, and just yesterday, it successfully finished deploying its sun shield, which was like the most challenging step, like the most likely to go wrong. And they like got it perfect. It nothing went wrong. It's completely fine. Um, and like I think one estimate I saw was like seventy to seventy five percent of the failure points now they have passed. Like. So they're in a really, really good spot. That's, There's not a lot awesome. left that can like go wrong that they can't fix. So, um, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Wow. And you can see all that stuff on this website. So, um, cool. We'll, we'll have it in the show notes, of course. But uh, yeah, that's really. If cool. you want to track it yourself, it's it's up there. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look after this. That's really cool. Okay, my first story is technology news. This is from CNN. The headline is Mercedes says its electric concept has 620 miles of range and seats made with mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) What? They're advertising their new electric car. (laughs) And it uses all these weird materials and it amuses me. Um, (laughs) I can't help but picture the like seat just being one large mushroom. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, it's like a cartoon. It's like a Mario mushroom or like yes, a, exactly, like a red spotted mushroom. Just like I don't know. Um, no, that's <laughs> not what it sounds is. comfortable. So, <laughs> uh, Mercedes has unveiled a new all-electric concept car, which it's calling the EQXX, and the company claims it can go 620 miles on a single charge. The future luxury car is also made with a host of innovative, recycled, and sustainable materials, which I will go into more detail in a bit. Compared to the Mercedes EQS, which is their current model for fully electric sedan, the EQXX will achieve its mileage range with a battery pack half as large and 30% lighter while storing the same amount of energy, according to them. Um, And it can go 133 more miles than their current model. But it's just like a concept right now. It's not like actually produced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun fact, they said in this article that the the new car is going to be just slightly more aerodynamic than a properly thrown football. <laughs> that's how aerodynamic <laughs> oh. it is or something. And that's how they like how, how it can go further because it doesn't have as much drag on it, I guess. I don't know. And now I'm just picturing a football with a mushroom growing out of it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what it's going to look like, probably. <laughs> um, it's also designed to be as light as possible to feed into that efficiency stuff. And so part of that was using interesting materials in making the car. So, uh-huh. for example, the body of the car has a web-like subframe designed to have metal only where it's actually needed for structural integrity and crash safety. The empty spaces in the frame are filled with a material called UBQ, created by an Israeli startup and it's made from landfill waste 
That can include oh. things like, get this, mixed plastics, cardboard, gardening waste, and even diapers, is what the article said. I'm like, what? So it's a stinky football. Yes, yeah, so we're now at a stinky football with a mushroom growing out of it. And then, yeah. uh, then they went on to say that the seats are, <laughs> the seat cushions are made from this material that apparently is leather-like. Uh, called my, mycelium. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, yep. And it's part of like a mushroom, the, the root-like structure of a mushroom. Huh. And that's used in the seat cushions. Um, another leather substitute made from pulverized cactus fibers is used elsewhere in the interior. And the carpets are made of bamboo fibers. So. Huh. Yeah. Wow. That's a, they're really... Trying new things in every single part of the car all <laughs> yeah. at once, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they just really went all out. They were like, nothing will, nothing will be like it was before. We're going to put... So, I don't know. Put diapers in the walls and <laughs> stuff it with mushrooms and <laughs> throw footballs at it. Put green produce in the car. <laughs> um, it's lighter than metal. You know, that was the goal, I guess. So I don't, I don't know. I, it was, I don't it was know if I want a light car. Well, <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like mine mine already like blows around in a windstorm. I can't imagine <laughs> having like a car that's just like actually going to blow away. That's a good point. Well, hopefully it's not that light. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, they were just, they're like, well, what can we do to make it more efficient? Like the mileage better basically, right? And it's just like, well, reduce weight of the car, make it more aerodynamic. Okay. How do we do that? Well... Let's use materials that weigh less. I don't know. <laughs> that was logic. And the ma- just like the materials that they came up with are just like, wow, okay. Ah, uh, yes, this is why you got that material engineering degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to use like landfill waste in the, the walls of our car- new car. Like, wow. Cool. Gross. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Mercedes Benz. It's a new, it's a new year. It's a new them. I don't know what to say. <laughs> My next story is technology news. This is from Gizmodo. These new smart bulbs can track your sleep. It's light bulbs oh. that can track your sleep. <laughs> Okay, I'm. I will. I'm very interested in how this works. <laughs> okay, I mean, luckily I'm going to answer it in the first sentence. Okay. Um, so, smart bulb company uh, Sengled's new bulbs feature frequency modulated continuous wave radar, uh, which combined with their AI can measure your sleep quality through the night, along with your average heart rate and body temperature. Somehow. What? <laughs> But it's a light bulb. It's like a bulb, like above your body. Yeah, it's like, ceiling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it uses radar. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard at this. Okay, it uses um, it uses radar to somehow track your sleep, but also monitor your temperature and your heart rate. I guess I don't know how radar does that though. 
Like, what type of frequency radar is this? Like a super... It's, How would you know? It's, <laughs> it's frequency modulated continuous wave radar, yeah. Alex, of course. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't uh, know how that could do a heart rate. I mean, maybe if, if there's some type of heat sensor in it, I could see that that could. Yeah. Your um, body temperature, but like. Yeah, the the article rate? claims this like this sort of radar technology has gained traction in recent years because it's less invasive at tracking vital signs for multiple people. Um, also, you don't have to wear something when you go to sleep, which is nice, I think. But like, it still doesn't really say how that works but i guess if they did then that would be their whole proprietary solution to this problem but i um, guess but apparently if it detects abnormal changes to your baseline of measurements it will change colors (laughs) to alert you of a potential issue which i find very funny because theoretically you're asleep (laughs) (laughs) also like wait is the light, does the light have to be on? I know, <laughs> I don't know what this, this, there's so many questions I have about this. Is it like, wait, no, the light is off, but it's like secretly running all night. But it is And then still in the morning, you on. turn on the light, and then if there, it, if there like, was an error, oh it's no. red. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no. It's like. You're like, turn on the light in the morning, and this is like eerie red light, and it's like, oh, my sleep was. <laughs> Not like this. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, this <laughs> the article That's says amazing. aside from its aside from its health features, uh, they're pretty classic smart bulbs. Um, you can control them with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, so you can set them up on your home network, and I assume change the colors and do that kind of stuff, like change the brightness and that that kind of thing. Um, it says that the bulbs are still in development, but the company says they will be they're expected to launch in Q four of this year. So. Oh, okay, that's pretty soon. Pretty far along in development, I guess. Yeah, so hmm. if you want... I mean, it's... I, I am intrigued by the idea of being able to monitor this stuff without having to, like, yeah. wear something. Yeah, because I, that's true. I never want to wear my watch to bed. And also, I need to charge it at night, so... Like, yeah. I, that never made any sense to I me. I was... Okay, so... Since I had to figure this out, too, because I... For a while, I was tracking my sleep with my watch... You have to go. Pl- you have to go charge your watch like in the evening, before mm. bedtime. Like you have to remember to like, oh, it's like eight o'clock. I'm gonna go put my watch on my charger thing so that by the time you actually like go to bed, it's charged, and then you mm. can wear it all night and the next day, and it's usually it will last. Okay, but yeah. as soon that as you, sense. yeah. So I actually was doing that for a while, but then after a while, I just was like, I don't know if this is really telling me anything. <laughs> I mean, it does. It tells you if you like. I don't know if you, you have this problem where you, like, wake up in the night and then you don't remember that you woke up. Does that ever no. happen? Like, but then how I would you actually, rem- how would I you know always, that? <laughs> I always remember. But, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It tells you if there's, like, periods of time where you were, like, restless and, like, not really sleeping oh, okay. well. Yeah, it's so like, I don't want to know that. Like, it'll tell you like that, but to- it's like, a, what do you do with that information? <laughs> yeah, just- I like to think that I'm doing just fine. Thank you. <laughs> Basically, all it tell it's like, oh, if you get up and you're just like, I feel really tired, and then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's because I like, at one in the morning, I was like awake for some reason or something. <laughs> like that will happen, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. But I do, I agree well, with you though. Like having some other device that could just monitor that, that you don't have to worry about like wearing a wearable or something. Um, yeah, remembering even nice. to like put it on or turn it on or anything, just having yeah. it. 
I don't know. It seems kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah. No, no it, I need, it I is. Need, it's just a. It's just a little bit. It's just funny. I don't know. I just need. I need my watch on at all times to remind me to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> my next story is science news. This is from ntu.edu.sg. Like it is. Keep food fresh with this bacteria-killing packaging. Oh. A team of scientists from NTU in Singapore and the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health have developed a smart food packaging material, smart in quotes, food packaging material that is biodegradable, sustainable, and kills microbes that are harmful to humans. Wow. It could also extend the shelf life of fresh fruit or other fresh produce, I guess, by two or three days. Um, so the, this food packaging is made from a type of corn protein called zine, or zane. I think it's zine, though. Um, <laughs> so it's that, and starch, and some naturally derived biopolymers, infused with a cocktail of natural antimicrobial compounds, like thyme oil, like the herb used for cooking like not not like the, not. not like some like just squeeze the clock and whatever yeah. came out of it. some type of like magical substance called time oil, <laughs> time <Yeah>. oil. <laughs> i mean it does sound like I that would be useful <laughs> i did not realize how funny that sounded until like read out loud <laughs> it does sound like it would be useful for something where you're trying to extend <laughs> yeah. the life of something <laughs> yeah Right, like that could that could maybe that's how they came up with like let's try time, since we're extending <laughs> time. No, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so there's that, and then like citric acid was another example of what's in this. So it's like natural antimicrobial things in the okay. like in the packaging. Um, so in lab experiments, when exposed to an increase in humidity or enzymes from harmful bacteria, the fibers in the packaging have been shown to release the natural antimicrobial compounds. And, like, they kill the bacteria that can con- contaminate the food, like, such as E. coli and listeria. I guess they've tested as well some fungi. So wow. it's cool. Right. It, like, yeah, in the picture, it just looks like a – like, basically just like a plastic bag, like, like a sandwich bag almost. But it's just like the – yeah, like the material it's made out of has this in it. So, like, when you put fruit in it and stuff, it'll, like – you know, it'll, like, fight the bacteria in your food, which I think is super cool. Right. So – yeah, I like seeing, I don't know, innovations with, like, food packaging and stuff, because I know that that's been a topic in the news lately, because with, like, um, I think, we, did we talk about this on the podcast, that France or somewhere, they've, they're, like, banning, like, individual p- plastic packaging of produce? I can't remember if it was on the podcast, but we've definitely talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I it's like, I can't remember if we, if that, yeah, if it was in an we episode. We talk about weird, talk- random things both on and off yeah, the podcast. Right? So. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's nice to see that they're, they're finding like other potential, just things that aren't just like plain like plastic that could be more yeah. sustainable and, and useful to like package foods in and stuff. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're going to need like plastic packaging can go away and all, but like we're going to need something to replace it. So yeah. Like people still want packaging for a lot of situations. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I don't want some, I don't want loose, loose raw chicken. 
Just go to the store and just pick up some and slop it into your cart. You have like, you have some type of like meat container, like meat shopping container where you just slop like raw meat into it. That would be so gross. With your bare hands. No, yeah, Yeah. I, I, um, what was I going to say? I I wonder if they are going to try to expand this for like other types of things that aren't just like fresh produce to actually like, I don't know. Maybe it would work for meats and stuff too. I have no idea. Yeah, who knows? It's interesting. Only one way to find out. My next story is random local news. This is from the Register. Um, I I don't know which one. Just it's from the Register. The, the Register. The, oh, the Register. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the headline. <laughs> the headline is. The headline is. Did you look up? New Year's Day boom over Pittsburgh was exploding meteor, says NASA. Oh, I think I might have heard about this. Was it? Was there some like huge explosion or something? It was a huge explosion, like over the skies of Pittsburgh, and NASA has since confirmed that it was a meteor exploding. Whoa! Um. So yeah, uh, they said on. The loud boom heard over the skies of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on New Year's Day was due to an exploding meteor with the blast energy equivalent to 30 tons of TNT. Um, wow. Uh, which is a lot of TNT. Uh, people, <laughs> yes. people in the southwestern parts of the U.S. city reported hearing a thunderous explosion and feeling the ground shake and windows rattle just before 1130 Eastern Standard Time on January 1st. Um what, I think it was either this article or another one about this that I saw that um, somebody posted like footage from their security camera at that time. Yeah, and you could like you could hear it sounded like an explosion like was happening like relatively nearby. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Um, so the the National Weather Service suspected the noise was from a detonating meteor after uh, their geostationary lightning mapper failed to detect any <laughs> lightning. Which is apparently a, a tool that they have. Wait, say that again. What's it They're called? Geos, the a geostationary lightning mapper. That sounds cool. So maps I want lightning. one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want. Yeah, I want my own geostationary lightning mapper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they didn't detect any lightning at that time, so they didn't think it was because of yeah. that. Um, so according to a statement posted by NASA's Meteor Watch. Uh, this is a quote, a nearby infrastructure or infrasound station uh, registered the blast wave from the meteor as it broke apart. The data enabled an estimate of the energy at 30 tons of TNT. If we make a reasonable assumption as to the meteor's speed, approximately 45,000 miles per hour, uh, we can ballpark the object's size as a, at about a yard in diameter with a mass close to half a ton. So that's pretty, pretty big. big pretty big meteor that exploded in the sky <laughs> um so <Wow. laughs> i like the, the article says unfortunately the exploding meteor wasn't very visible due to the cloudy weather uh if the skies were clear however the rock would have been estimated uh, about 100 times brighter than a full moon um so there was probably a flash associated with it but like it would have been a lot more impressive if it hadn't been a cloudy day and was it, so, it was during the day, you said it was at like 11.30, right? 11.30, I think, yeah, during the day. Okay. Oh, yeah, because this was, I think the register is a European, 
institution, so they would be using the 24 hour clock. Oh, so. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just now am realizing. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. right. wow. That's wild. That's a huge yeah. meteor, too. Like, yeah. You know, like, thing I was, meteors, it, the ones that cause damage, like in people's houses, are like the size of like an orange. Right. Yeah. Right? And this one was about a yard across yeah, and like huge. 500 pounds. Wow. That's wild. Well, it's good that it didn't like hit a building or something. Or a oh yeah, no it it just it seems to have disintegrated in the air though. There's probably little bits of it I'd have to imagine in the area or near. Yeah, I don't know how far it gets thrown in that kind of explosion. Yeah, wow, that's wild. Yeah, wish I, almost wish I'd seen it. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. If you had witnessed something like that, that'd be cool. But I bet that was pretty frightening. Like the oh yeah. Just hearing a giant explosion. Explosion with no obvious source. Yeah, yeah, it was like you go outside and you're just like, um, something just exploded. (laughs) What the heck was that? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Kaboom. All right. My next story is entertainment news. This is from ScreenRant.com. Although... They, don't they usually talk about movies? It's nothing to do with movies. Um, the headline oh. is <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal gave 1,000 Nintendo Switches to kids in need on Christmas. Aw. Th- Where did he get all yeah, those? That's what the whole article was about. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did he get... It was like asking that question, basically. So actually, it yeah. wasn't just Nintendo Switches. He actually donated 1,000 Switches and 1,000 PlayStation 5s. Where did he get those? <laughs> Nobody knows. It must have been impossible to find for like I know. the whole time they've been it's out. It's like this whole article was like, wow, that was so nice of him. Like, and the, you know, it says like he's been known for being like really charitable and like doing things like this. Then like the article is just like, um, both of these are like having a ton of supply chain issues and they're really hard <laughs> to find and really hard to get. Like, how did he get a thousand of each system? <laughs> Yeah, super generous, but... Where did he get these? So apparently on some podcast, he said um, that he got the Nintendo Switch consoles uh, via a friend from Nintendo, unnamed. Like, okay. And then PS5, um, no one knows how he got those. No one knows how he got them. He got a thousand... from a friend at Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't make a lot of sense, but... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, you know, the Nintendo PlayStation. <laughs> his, his friend at Nintendo is, uh, has a lot of connections, apparently. There's a lot, of, lot of stuff. There. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they don't know. Everyone's just like, how, how did he get these systems? But anyway, that's nice. <laughs> that was a nice thing for him to do. Made a lot yeah. of kids really happy on Christmas. At least he didn't just keep all 1,000 of them. <laughs> That would be terrible. Oh my gosh. What if he was like, I ordered a thousand because I know there's a shortage and I just want them. It's like, what? You're just an evil <laughs> I'm person. I'm the supply <laughs> chain. <laughs> That'd be so evil. <laughs> yeah, no. So so we don't know. It's a mystery. But someone out there has a supply. Yeah. That's what this means. Yeah. So if you're looking for one of those systems. Make a friend at Nintendo. Just make a friend at Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. 1,000 times. <laughs> what? what? How? Ready, set, go! Go! All right, uh, I found this on CNN, and it is a topic that I bring up a weird amount. Uh, KFC's new menu item tastes like chicken, but isn't because uh, oh. it's plant-based. It's plant-based chicken. I'm talking about plant-based meat yet again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is a new plant-based fried chicken nugget alternative called Beyond Fried Chicken. And it will be added to KFC menus nationwide beginning Monday, January 10th for a limited time. Uh, oh. Uh, and it marks, it marks the first instance of a large chain selling plant-based chicken products. Um, huh. Because a lot, there's been other things like sausage and beef, but not chicken yet. Um, hmm. It can be ordered in a combo meal that includes a drink and fries or... Uh, separately in like six or 12 piece portions. I don't know why they felt the need to include that. That's not very interesting. Um, the, <laughs> the, KFC, the KFC US president, uh, Kevin uh, Hockman says, the taste is so good that they might choose it over regular fried chicken. Um, I'm not sure who they is in that sentence, yeah, but I assume it means... Who's he, they? I assume, <laughs> I assume it means people, but it was just like completely out of context. Like, they? Who's okay. They? Um, okay. The the new menu item is not for strict vegan or vegetarians because it is prepared in the same areas where chicken. <laughs> the way the article phrases the same areas where chicken offerings are made, um, which is refer like chicken offer things that Wait, they what? offer that are chicken, but to me sounded like sacrifices <laughs> of chicken. <laughs> Phrasing is just so weird. I'm laughing so hard. It's like prepared in the same myself. areas where they make chicken offerings. Yeah, like... <laughs> so they're preparing plant-based chicken, and right next to it, they're cutting the head off of a chicken. Their chicken offerings and, are made. And offering it to their KFC god. I guess the colonel. Um, I'm crying right now. Yeah. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so they meant the meant the, the their, their chicken, their chicken off- offerings. The off their, the chicken they chicken offer. Menu. There, the there's chicken no menu way to items. say chicken offerings without sounding like you're talking about a chicken sacrifice. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um the only other thing I wanted to bring up in this article is that they talked about some other plant-based options that are like new or coming soon. Um and apparently and I just picked this one out. Apparently, sometime this year, Chick- McDonald's is expected to launch a plant-based burger that they're calling the McPlant. <laughs> Why am I laughing so hard at these things? <laughs> because they're funny. The the McPlant. That's so. That's like the very. That's the most first thought the like name for a burger. That's what they came up with. <laughs> McPlant. I don't maybe maybe you're gonna be able to tell from my voice but if you're listening to this i'm like literally crying like i like te- <laughs> yeah like alex tears, is struggling tears coming down my face right now 
McPlant? What? The McPlant. <laughs> like, okay. okay. <laughs> I, okay, I could say... <laughs> If McDonald's was selling like a house plant, that maybe could be called <laughs> the McPlant. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but like a food is, item? Like I <laughs> That is so funny. Okay, my breaking news story uh, I found on CNN. And the headline is A Kentucky toddler dressed up as the queen. A few months later, she received royal mail. Uh, That's adorable. And it's this this cute, super, super, super cute photo of this toddler in, like, Queen like Queen Elizabeth's, like, her, like, hair and, like, a hat and, like, a coat, like, what she would wear and two corgis. It's, like, such a cute photo. Oh. And um, this doesn't say, like, where, like, how the queen found out about this. But I don't know. They, they must have just posted this on, like, social media or somewhere. And, like, like the royal family actually, like, saw it. And then they sent a letter. Like, they sent an official, <laughs> like, with a royal seal on it and everything, like, letter to this family. Oh, wait. Did they write to her? Hold on. Wait. I might have to. I missed something. Oh, no. It's at the end. Okay. At the end, they add this useful information. They actually sent pictures um, of this, like to oh. the royal palace, too. Okay, so that's that how they found out sense. about it. Yeah, I was like, they put it on the social queen media. Wasn't just like browsing Facebook. Yeah, and one of her right. distant American friends. Because that's, like... that's what it made it sound like at the first half of the way this was written. But anyway, okay. So this is what the letter read, um, or what it said. It said, "Her Majesty thought it kind of you to write to her, and the Queen was pleased to see the photograph of your daughter Jelaine in her splendid outfit." <laughs> <laughs> Splendid. <laughs> um, and it was signed by an official lady in waiting at the palace, I guess. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just cool. They just they got like an official royal letter sent to them, which like that's cool. <laughs> How many people yeah. can say that they have that? Um, right. But yeah, the, no, the pictures are like so cute. That's that's great. It's going to be such, like, a cool story for that kid. I know. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine? Like I'd be like, oh, when I was, when I was like, th- um, wait, how old is she? Now I'm just not saying how old she is. She's two. She's two years old. Okay. When I was, you could just be like, yeah, when I was two, I sent a letter to the queen and I got a response. Like, <laughs> life goals. Um, yeah. It's awesome. She called my outfit splendid. <laughs> all right that's our show thanks for listening everybody we post episodes every friday and as always the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description you can subscribe to knickknack news on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts and you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash knickknack news on twitter at at knickknack news and on instagram at knickknack news all right we'll see you next week Bye. Bye.